thankful for those. Uh, you, you know, in this position, you know, as a pastor, you know, it's always, every Sunday is always the, okay, hope this person's in their place, hope, hope Brother Allen's here, hope Jim's here, hope, you know, I mean, because if not, then all of a sudden you got to start rearranging, and it gets, you know, it can be very uh, uh, nerve-wracking on a Sunday morning trying to figure out what needs to be done, and I'll tell you what, uh, the world may not look at things that you do as that big of a deal, but uh, I do, and I know before, more than I do, God does. You know, watching watching people's faithfulness and what might seem like a little thing, it's not a little thing. It really isn't. Getting up here and reading the Bible, reading the Scripture, reading my text before we preach is not a little thing. And I'm so thankful for that. So, All right, we're in Genesis chapter number 6. Haven't been here in a little bit, a couple weeks or so. And uh, we've been looking at the journey, the uh, journey of... Of, uh, of Noah, his journey to Mount Ararat. And uh, I keep wanting to say, oh, don't, I'm not even going to say it, because once I say it, I'm going to get messed up all the whole time today. Thanks. Jana, help me out here. You don't need to be faithful in that. That's one thing you don't have. No. <laughs> Antagonizing me, so messing me up. It's just going to take longer. You do this, it just you're just going to have to hear me drone on longer and longer. So anyway, uh, we've been looking at the life, quick life here of of uh of Noah. I almost said it. And uh we looked already uh, a couple weeks ago, we looked at uh the reason for the journey and the, and the readiness for the journey, the reason for the journey and the readiness for the journey. And uh you know, we saw that you know Noah was living in such a a wicked time. It was it was un, we know the text. We, we've read it. We probably think, well, we can't really comprehend how bad it really is. I don't know. I think we could probably look around and get pretty close to what it was like in Noah's day. The, the Bible says that their their heart was evil continually, right? No, I'm sorry. The thoughts of their mind were only evil continually. And you think about that. Those of you that are still out in the workforce and going to the going to the plant or going to the office or going wherever you go on a daily basis, going to the factory, and you just listen to people talk around you. My goodness, go to the grocery store. I mean, just go. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, just think about the the filthiness that comes out of people's mouth <clears throat> that are checking out your groceries. That that are just you know the the absolute lack of professionalism is unbelievable to me. And uh, Nobody thinks a thing about it. I mean, the first time I ever worked up in Canada was back in 2008, probably. And I was shocked being at the first time ever I was in, you know, Alberta, out west there in Calgary. And I was shocked at the language that people had just in the workplace. Like, I'm, I'm like you're at the grocery store or you're at the hardware store or you, wherever you were that people were working, whether they were young or they were old. You know, the, the, the coarse language, the cussing and all of this. And I mean, I remember just being kind of taken by that, like, wow, this is just weird, you know. And uh, they didn't think a thing about it. It was part of their vocabulary. And then we've watched it come here uh, in little old, you know, southwest Missouri over at Sutherland's one day in Aurora. A while back and some little girl was walk, worked there. She worked there, walked, walked by and said something and and uh, four-letter word. And I kind of looked and I was checking out and the, the, the gal that was checking out, she was older and she's just like looked over like, 
what are you doing? You know, this it's the most unprofessional thing. And I'm telling you, we're living, we're, we're not too far off from where uh, Noah was. And Jesus even told us, did he not, that in, that in the last days, that in the last days, It'll be like the days of Noah, where they'll be eating and drinking, giving a marriage. What is that? Yeah, they're, they're not even, nobody is aware of what's going on around them. They're just living life. They're not even watching that the Middle East is blowing up, that Iran and Iraq and Russia and China are all coming together against Israel. They're not even, they're not even paying attention. A few are, but by and large, they're not even, they're just going about with their, going about with their life, right? And uh, we're living in that time. And this was the reason for the journey of, of Noah. I mean, it was bad. It was so bad, God said, I'm done. We're going to wipe off whoever doesn't want to come. We're going to wipe them off, right? And I'm going to start over. And so we saw corrupt hearts. We saw corrupt lives, right? And uh, had quite a, I don't want to get too far off of this, but talking about corrupt hearts, Corrupt hearts. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, uh, the fear of the Lord, uh, chapter, yeah, chapter 3, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What does it mean to fear God? Is there an element of, like, terror? Reverence. I'm sorry? Reverence. Reverence is an aspect, absolutely. Respect. Absolutely. Reverence and respect. Um, and, and there is also this element of terror, but if you get to the fear, but if you get to the end of chapter three, it essentially tells you what what the fear of the Lord is, and uh, and the fear of the Lord is essentially um, is essentially believing what God says, right? It, believing reproof, believing reproof. Go over there. I got to show you this real quickly because this was the problem Noah's day, and it's the problem in our day. We, we have a real issue today with the fear of God among believers, not unbelievers. I'm talking about, uh, about believers. And uh, you look how the average that, that self-professed Christian lives their life. They are not living in the fear of God. There, there is no fear of God in their life. And, um, you know, so it goes on here. Uh, let, let me show you this. Um, no, it is chapter 2, right? Yep. Oh, I just lost it. No, chapter one. The fear of the Lord, I should have known that, is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and destruction. Verse seven. Go to the end of chapter one. Good thing we looked it up. Yeah. I have, the, I have, my, I have a different Bible here with me today, and I, I've lost uh, where it says this. Um, oh man I'm looking I'm looking okay uh, verse 28 then chapter 1 then uh, then shall they call upon me and I will not answer they shall seek me early they shall not be found for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord did not choose the fear of the Lord it's a choice right Notice the colon, now it's going to explain it in verse 30. They would none of my counsel, there's knowledge, they despised all my reproof. There's the fear of the Lord. What does it mean to fear the God, fear the Lord? To Watch, they said they, would, they despised all my reproof. What is proof? Correction. Do you know some correction is prophetic? Like some correction is warning? All through the Bible, don't we see it? All through Proverbs, but I said, don't do this. Don't walk in the way of the ungodly. Don't do this because if you do, watch, this, this, this is going to happen. 
So what does it mean to walk in the fear of God? To walk in the fear of God means this. I believe the reproof. Are we listening? I believe the reproof. And because I believe the reproof, I'm going to adjust my life as I believe what God is saying. That's the fear of the Lord. You know what? That's why somebody says, you know, the Bible says, you know, if, you know, if you, uh, if you, um, you know, if you, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, defile the body, the God says. If you defile the body, God says he'll destroy you, the physical body. And we see people do it all the time. We see people go out of this life early because they've defiled the body with alcohol, with tobacco, with drugs, with, uh, you know, excess foods and things like that. And watch, they have defiled the temple. And God says, I'm going to destroy you. You know, what, you know what the fear of the Lord says? The fear of the Lord says, ooh, God says this, I'm going to adjust my life. I'm getting rid of the alcohol. I'm getting rid of the tobacco. I'm getting rid of the drugs. I'm getting rid of the excess food. I'm getting rid of the, the, this or whatever it may be. Because watch, I believe God and I believe consequences are coming, reproof. And that way I'm going to adjust my life to live, so, to, to live accordingly. You know what that means? You, have wa- you are walking in the fear of the Lord. You believe, you believe what he's saying. And there is a reverence there. There is a respect there. But there is also a belief there. In Noah's day, there was no, listen, there, there, was, there was no fear of the Lord. They were corrupt in their heart. See, the fear of the Lord starts in the heart. You believe God. You believe him, right? It starts in the heart. How do you get that? You, you just got to, you, you have to believe. You know why people live corrupt lives? Watch this. They don't believe God. That's it. They don't believe him. The, uh, friend, that was Peter's problem. That was, you know, this disciple, the, the, the Peter who preached the day of Pentecost. This was his problem. All the way through, Jesus says, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm going here. And Peter said, no, you're not. No, you're not. Over my dead body. I won't let it happen. It's not going to happen. To the point that Jesus finally turned around and said, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God. What happened? Peter didn't believe Jesus until that rooster went off. And it says he went out and he wept bitterly. Where do we see Peter again? Jesus is dealing with him. Feed my sheep, Peter. Feed my sheep, Peter. Peter, feed my sheep. Day of Pentecost, 3,000 get saved at the preaching of Peter. What happened to Peter? He finally believed him. He finally believed No, he loved him. He followed him. But there's some unbelief there. You know what that means? He wasn't walking in the fear of the Lord. Right? And so this is where the time of Noah was. Hey, this is where the time we are today. People are not walking in the fear of God. They have no fear of God whatsoever. None. And it, watch, it's crept into the, the, the houses of God. It's crept into the lives of, of Christians. No fear of God. They're, going, they're doing church how they want to do church. They're living their life how they want to live their life. I, I'm telling you, they, I mean, there are people that are justifying uh, living in sin and shacking up and alcohol and all of these things. They're, they're justifying all of it, saying, well, you know, God, it's God of grace. We're not under, under, under law. You, but, you know, you're a bunch of legalists. <laughs> um, okay. How's that, how's that working for us today, anyway? How, how does the landscape look right now of Christendom? How does the landscape in America look today? With all of this great liberty and, and it's, it's, listen, we have wonderful liberty, right? Freedom and liberty are two different things. Liberty is freedom within the bounds of law. Freedom is essentially anarchy. If you look at our founding fathers, 
Liberty, 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 the word is, is used. We have liberty. Anyway, this was the reason for the journey. This is why uh, Noah was on his way to Ararat. It was an awful place where he was living. And I'm telling you, it's just like it is today. And uh, he got ready for the journey, right? There was a reason for his journey. We saw last week, uh, a couple weeks ago, there was the readiness for the journey. He, how, why, how was he ready for this? Well, because of his walk. He walked with God. Right? He found grace in the eyes of God. What does that mean? He was looking for it. And he found what he was looking for. How many people are not looking for God? Right? I mean, in Noah's day, probably some people surmise that there could have been close to 8 billion people on the planet. Just like we are today. And you have one family, 8 people, 8 people following God. You know, I, I, I don't, as we'll see how long this, uh, this trajectory ends, uh, goes on here. And uh, the... the uh, where the uh, where the percentages get, but we're we got some pretty low percentages of people that are uh, that have a a genuine born again relationship with Jesus Christ. Very few, very very few, right? And here is here is Noah. He was ready for this coming judgment because of his walk with Christ and because of his will. Look at verse two of chapter six of Genesis, Ch- Genesis chapter six and verse two. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which uh, they chose. And, and they went down through here, and it repented the Lord, right, that he had made man. And, uh, and uh, he, the man had corrupted his way. And he said, all the, all the end of flesh is coming in verse 13. Look at it, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There it is in verse, uh, verse number 8 of chapter 6. And listen, it was Noah's will. It was his will. He desired, he desired, right, to follow God. It made him ready. Yeah. What's your will today? No, seriously. What is your will? Is your, is your, your will, if God could define your will, if he could come and write it on the wall, okay, would he, every one of us individually, now, I'm going to exclude myself because I don't want to. No. Every one of us individually, if God could come out and, and write on the wall, put your name and write down what your will really is, would it be Him? Would He write down me? Right? Would He write down Bob Healy? What's Bob Healy's will? Me. God. Would He write that down? You know, in everything, right? And uh, this was this was God recognized this obviously in the in the life of Noah, his will. This is what got him on this journey. This is where what got him where he did. The, there was a reason for the journey. There is readiness for the journey. He was ready. God could use him. How many of us in here? Listen, you want the will of God so much that God could use you in a moment. Somebody passes your path in a grocery store, and you hear him say something, and you're ready. You're ready with the gospel. Are you that ready? You sit down on a, on a train or a plane. You sit down, uh, you know, at somebody at uh, some event you're at, and somebody next to you, and uh, a word gets said, and you go, ooh, open door, boom. Are you ready? Are you ready? Good evidence whether you're really seeking the will of God. See, Noah was ready at every, he was ready. His will was ready. His walk was ready, made him ready. He was ready for this journey that God brought him on. Now listen, you or I, we're not going to build an ark, right? We're not going to do anything like that. Yeah. 
But uh, every life that passes by us, that God puts into our path, is an opportunity where we need to be ready. Be ready, the Bible says over in Peter, be ready to give every man an answer of the hope which lieth within you. That's evidence of walking in the will of God, right? What is God's will? Not that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, right? And so readiness, he was ready for the journey. Now notice thirdly, this is how we're, we, those are the last two that we dealt with a couple weeks ago. But today I want to look at, and it shouldn't take very, very long, hopefully, but the result of the journey. I already got off the lesson four times, but uh, we'll see. I, so you know how that goes. Yeah, the result, I want us to look at the result of the journey. In chapter 6, look at verse 14. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Now look at chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all the house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. What was the result of this journey? What was the result of Noah uh, uh, walking with God? What was the result of Noah uh, desiring the will of God. What was the result of that? Well, number one, it was a preservation of the people, right? It was a preservation of of a people, of of him, himself, and of his family who chose to follow, right? That was it. Listen, if you, if we are ready for a journey, if we are walking in the will of God, if we are desiring the will of God, the people that God puts in our path, the people that we are able to bring the gospel to, we are essentially, we are preserving life, right? They come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, which God has used us to preserve life. And I love that. This is here in Noah's life. There was a preservation of life. He was safe in the ark. Here he is, uh, he's safe in the ark. What is he safe from? Well, not only the water, right, which is judgment and wrath. Not only was he safe from the wrath of God, but he was safe from the wicked that were outside the ark who didn't want to get in. Can I tell you, Satan can't do anything with your salvation. There's nobody on this planet that can alter anything of your salvation. If you are in Christ today, there is nobody that can come in and mess up what God has freely given you. I like that. That's security, man. That is safety. This was, Noah was safe in the ark. Noah was secure in the ark. Look at verse 16 of chapter 7. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh. Look at this. And God, as God had commanded, here it is, and the Lord, Jehovah. Yeah, the Lord, that's, if you see capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's Jehovah. Actually, actually, Jehovah is, is a, a conglomeration of, of three words, right? And uh, I, I don't know if I can remember how it all goes. It's, it's awesome. But uh, it's, it's essentially the word G is, is speaking of uh, the God who, who is uh, Jehovah. There's three words there, and they just take a few letters out of three of them. The God who was, and, and the third one is the God who, will, who always will be. And uh, what's fascinating is, and, and when we speak of ourselves, we say, "I will, I am, and I or I will, I was, and I am." Right? Past, present, and future. But when God speaks of Himself in the term Jehovah, these three words put together, what He's saying is, "I am, I am, I am." Amen. He is eternal now. He is eternally right now. Right? This is our shepherd, David said. Jehovah, the Lord is my shepherd. Eternally now. He's always right now in the present tense. And here is the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, Jehovah, always in the present tense. This is who shut him in. Tell me, who's opening that door? 
<laughs> right? The, the, the storm outside is an opening to the door. Oh, there's so many applications here we can go crazy on, can't we? We could sit here all rest of the day. Hey, listen, I don't care what happens in life. I don't care what trials come in your life. I don't, I don't care what turmoil. I don't care what faults. I don't care what comes in from the outside. Nothing is getting into your salvation in Jesus Christ. If you are in Christ, nothing in this world is getting in of, of, of God's judgment or, of, uh, or of, of man's judgment. He can't take it away. But not only that, see here, he's secure in the ark. Noah's not fallen out. Amen. He sealed it up. He shut the door, right? He's not fallen out. I feel bad for these people that think they can fall out of, fall out of the ark. Yeah. Right? Well, I just, I, I just sinned. In the, do you think Noah sinned in the ark? Do you think in that, in, in that time that he was... Don't answer too quick because I'm not meaning a, quick, uh, a trick question. Do you think in that time in the ark he might not have got irritated? He might not have said, you stupid goat, get over there, you know, and got angry. And his, and his wife said, that's not nice to talk to me like that. And then he said, no, no, that goat. I mean, no, I mean, no, I mean, right. You, do you not think there might have been some problems in the ark? I mean, he's human. He got out and got drunk, right? Right? When, when the time was over, listen, he, he was secure. He was secure in the ark. He was not falling out. Why? God shut him in. Let me tell you something, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ and you come with faith towards God, or repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you look to the work that Jesus did and put aside your work and say, I want his work, I believe it and I want it. I'm telling you the moment that you do that and, and God saves you and he makes your spirit alive again. You know what he does? He shuts you in an ark. Do you really think there's anything that you could get out? God, God does all the work. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how God makes a dead spirit alive. I don't know. I don't know how God does any of that. We don't know. We can't do anything with that. He shut you in. He shut you in Christ. And listen, you're not falling out. You can't do that. Nowhere in the Bible does God does it say God makes them fall out. Right? It, it, listen, if you could sin your way out of Christ, you could you you could have never got in in the first place. Amen. Yep. Because you couldn't be good in the, good enough in the first place. Yeah. Why? Because your nature is the problem. Not your actions. Your actions are a byproduct of your nature. But the nature is the problem. And friend, I can't change my nature. The only way my nature can change and your nature can change is if God gives us the nature of Jesus Christ. That's the only way it changes. And uh, nowhere in the Bible do we see any evidence where somebody has, has lost, has fallen out of the ark and... Uh, and had to be put back in again. Could you imagine floating out there? All of a sudden Noah goes overboard. Right? God's got to go and get him back on the ark. No, he never went overboard. He never did. Right? You say, well, well, he was perfect. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that either. So what's the deal? <laughs> right? Anyway. Wonderful. He was safe in the ark. He was secure in the ark. Notice what else, the result of the journey. Let me give you a second one. There's the preservation of the faith. Look at chapter 6 and verse 9. Chapter 6 and verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. There was a preservation of the faith. What was preserved? Well, Noah was preserved. What was he? He was a preacher of righteousness. What does that mean? As long as he's alive preaching, the faith can continue on to be preached, right? Do you realize if, if, if Noah wasn't secure 
If, if he wasn't preserved, if he wasn't safe in the ark, if, the, 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 if he had fallen out somehow, right? The, 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 the preservation of the faith wouldn't have continued on. Watch, God, God would have been a liar. Because in Genesis 3.15, we're told that the, that the seed of the woman, right, is going to bruise, bruise the, the, the head of the serpent. It was called that, that big word. How many remember what that word is? The proto-evangelum. Right? The first time we see the gospel in the Old Testament. Genesis 3.15. And God promised. God promised that there is a Messiah coming. If Noah had fallen out of the ark. right? If Noah had not finished. Had not been preserved. The faith wouldn't have been preserved. And God would have been a liar. Absolutely. It's not going to happen. He was preserved. Look at the preservation of the gospel. Go over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. Hebrews 11, verse 7. The Bible says that Noah was a preacher of faith. By faith. Look at this. Hebrews chapter 11. Is anybody there already? Amen. You're there? Anybody else? Brother Earl, are you there? Do you like to read out loud? Would you read that? Would you read uh, verse 7 for us? Noah preached faith, right? You know, there are some people out there that say there's different salvation from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Uh, I'm sorry there's not. No, I'm glad to say there's not. <laughs> there is no difference. It's always been by faith. It's always been by faith in the Word of God. It's always been by believing God, right? Uh, what, did the, what did the Old Testament do? You said, well, they did sacrifices and they burnt, burnt offerings and all of these things. Why did they do those things? Because God told them to. So in doing those things, if their heart was right with God, and listen, there are people that do a lot of religious things whose heart's not right with God. But if their heart is right with God, they did what they did, number one, by faith and obedience. Because God told them to, and they believed it, right? What, what it is to say about Abraham, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness, right? So what, it, what, it, what, what was it that God, Abraham believed God, and God said, okay, I'm going to call you righteous, you're not, but I'm declaring you righteous because I think the righteous judge has all of the right to declare anybody righteous he wants to. And what caused, what made the righteous judge to declare uh, Abraham was righteous? He believed, he believed God. Noah preached faith. It has been the same thing when Jesus came. Remember at the baptism of the Lord Jesus? I've told you this oftentimes, I hope you remember it. He went into the water, and as he was being baptized, the Bible says that the Father spoke from heaven, and the Holy Spirit was descending, and Jesus was in the water. There's, your, there's the Godhead right there, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. There it is. And, and what was the Father saying? This is my beloved Son, who I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. He said it again at the Mount of the Transfiguration. This is my Son, who I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Watch, it's still faith and obedience. What did Jesus say? You must be born again, right? Hey, listen, it's, it's, it has always been the same thing. Noah was a preacher of faith, and we, listen, we too are preachers of faith. Absolutely we are. This was the preservation of the gospel. 
It absolutely was. But notice that secondly here, how else was the, the preservation of the gospel? The second thing is, is that the ark was a type of Christ. Not only was Noah a preacher of faith, but the ark was a type of Christ, a type of salvation. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. You know this. Look at verse 20. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Now we know it's not water baptism that saves. I know the Campbellites go here and go, see, it's the water that saved. The water washed away all of the wickedness of the world and the water saved Noah. Well, I say, well, well, I'll ask this. Noah didn't go through the water. What saved him? Amen. You know, if you, if you really think about it, everybody who was in the water died, not saved. Amen. Yeah. So where did Noah get saved? I mean, did God come down and baptize him somewhere? <laughs> right? Maybe there's a baptistry in the ark. Maybe that's what happened, right? No, no. Listen, it was a type and a picture. It was a type and a picture of what? They were saved by water. They were saved through water, in spite of, on top of. It went over, went through the judgment. He was in Christ. The typology was, was Jesus Christ is the ark. He's the ark. And where was Noah? Where was the family that believed? Once they believed, where'd they go? They went in the ark. They were shut in by God. The world wasn't getting in and Noah wasn't getting out. I love it. Right. Notice this about the type of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is it? Number one, look at, I wrote down a few things. What is it about the Lord Jesus Christ that we see in the ark? Number one, we see the long suffering. Long suffering. How, how long did Noah preach? 120 years. Uh, 120 years, that's right. That's pretty long suffering, isn't it? I think so. Could you, could you imagine just, hey, could you imagine preaching to a world that says no, 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 no. Crazy, wacko, Fruit Loop, nuts, get out of here. No, 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 no. 120 years? Yeah. You say, well, he just got up and preached the whole time. No, listen, the building of the ark was preaching as well. Because what was it? It was, a, it was the object lesson of the message. <laughs> right? This is what's coming, friend. Yeah. You're going to need to be in this. And uh, we do that all the time. Watch, he's long-suffering. The second Peter 3, 9, God is, not, you know, God is not slack concerning his promises. Of, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I see the long-suffering of God in the ark. I see the, in, the invitation to come is in the ark. Why? That door was open for 120 years. No, listen, it, it was, the door was not shut until the day that the wrath of God fell on the world. At any moment up to that time, anybody could have gotten into the ark. Revelation uh, twenty two seventeen. the spirit and the bride say, come. He that is, he, he that is a thirsty, uh, a thirst, let him come, right? Let him drink of the waters of life freely. It goes on to say, and whosoever will may come. May come. It is an invitation. The ark was an invitation. Listen, when we preach Christ, when we describe the Lord Jesus Christ, when we explain what happened to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we just tell people why he came and what he was here for and what he was accomplished, listen, what we are doing, we are inviting them to come, to come to him. 
and uh, the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Who's the Spirit? The, the, John six forty four. No man cometh unto me except the Father which is in heaven, which sent me. Draw them, and I'll raise them up at the last day. The Spirit, that's the drawing of God. He draws by His Holy Spirit. Who's the Bride? Who did Jesus give the Great Commission to? Go into all the world and preach the Gospel. He gave it to His churches. The Spirit and the Bride. This is our job. This is your job. This is your job. Your job. Your, we're to go out and say, Come. Come, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Why? Wrath is coming. The judgment of God is coming. Listen, if you leave this life and you're not in the ark, you're forever going to be inside in, in, uh, in the midst of the wrath of God for the rest of eternity. And listen, we inviting them all the time to come. It is the long suffering of God. It is, it is the invitation of God. It, it is the escape from wrath. Listen, it's just... Be very simple here. It is escaping the wrath of God. First Thessalonians 1.10, the Bible says that we are delivered as believers. We are delivered from the wrath to come. Can I tell you this morning, we're not going through the tribulation. People say, well, hey, the church has always experienced tribulation. There's a difference between the tribulation by man and the wrath of God. Two different things. Listen, we, are, we have not been appointed under wrath. Why? Because all of the wrath of God already fell on Jesus Christ. That's what happened that day at Calvary. The wrath of God fell on Him. That was meant for us, fell on Him. And if we'd get in Him, right, our record would already be, would be the, the record of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is righteous, completely righteous, right? Long-suffering, an invitation, the escape of wrath, Here's another picture. Everybody who was in the ark was saved. We already looked at that a little bit. Yeah. If you're in Christ, you're saved. You know what else I noticed in the ark? No doubt there was room for more. There was room for more. I don't know. I don't know if anybody could even fathom. I'm sure somebody smart out there has figured out how many animals. Because uh, it says it took their kinds. It didn't, it didn't take every animal, right? Took, took the kinds, male and female. So maybe a, a dog, male and female dog. Probably didn't need a wolf. Probably didn't need a coyote. Probably didn't need whatever was out there that, you know, just whatever the top of the line was of all of the different kinds, right? I, want to be, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there could have been, maybe they just fit, fit in one area. And maybe, maybe there's plenty of room for food. And maybe there's a living quarters that could have taken another thousand people. I don't know. How many have been to the ark in, uh, in wherever that... State up north is Kentucky, yeah, yeah, and <laughs> I just say that to make my son-in-law mad, and uh, but uh, yeah, pretty big boat. I don't know how many people could have fit on there. I mean, we can look at this little thing. We get, well, you get, we're talking about this earlier. We get fifty. You can get a hundred people in here pretty easy, just knocking around, right? I don't know what it'd be like for forty days and forty nights or a year if we're out there for a year. I don't know, but it'd be better than being out there if the wrath of God's falling, right? <laughs> Oh, I see the ark. You know, there had to have been room for more. Yeah. So we see here the preservation of the gospel. What was the result of, of Noah walking with God? What was the result of Noah living in the fear of the Lord? What was the result of Noah having a desire and a will for God, to do the will of God? What was the result of it? Right? He preserved people. There's a preservation of the faith. Right? There's a preservation of the gospel. His whole life was a picture of the gospel. And notice here, thirdly, under the preservation of the gospel, God remembered Noah. He preached faith. The ark was a type of Christ. 
And then God remembered Noah. Look at chapter 8 and verse 1. And God remembered Noah. Didn't mean he forgot him, and, right? Oh yeah, that guy. Whew, forgot about that. I was busy. I was busy on uh, planet number 7763-45. Man, I got to go back over to Earth. Left that guy floating out there. <laughs> Aren't you glad we are in a relationship with a God who is aware? At every moment of the day, at every time, he never forgets. What does it mean here? He remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters were assuaged. What does it mean that he remembered Noah? Let me just say it this way. Mission complete. Mission complete. Can I tell you something this morning? He who hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something this morning? When you close your eyes to this life, you're going to wake up on the shores of heaven. Right? Mission complete. If you're in Christ, you're getting there. You're getting there. He was, he was complete. The ark settled on the mountains of Ararat. This was, this was where Noah was going. Right? Hey, he didn't know where he was going to land when he first got in the ark. I mean, we do. We know where we're going. We're going to heaven. But do you really know what that looks like? I don't. I remember when a friend, I was talking to a friend of mine when their father was passing away and he'd come back and forth. Uh, he'd come to and back and, and uh, he said, well, I said, did he ever say anything kind of interesting or exciting, you know, as he was, I mean, because, you know, there's one foot in heaven and one foot on this earth, back and forth in that period. Of, and uh, he said, yeah, he goes, at one point he said, hmm, not really what I thought heaven was going to be like. <laughs> and if you can go, whoa, wait, wait a minute, but wait, hold on a minute. I mean, that's, that sounds like the most logical thing to say, actually. We don't know. Here's what we know. We're going we're to be with him, right? And wherever he is, we are going to be. But we don't know exactly what that's going to look like. We don't know exactly what that's going to tell. Hey, when Noah uh, walked with God and got on that ark, he had no idea where he was going to land, right? He just knew that he believed God, right? He believed God. He lived for God and he obeyed God. That's all he knew. Right? And we do it today. What, what did he believe about God? Well, wrath was coming. Right? How did he live for God? Well, he preached 120 years. Right? How did he obey God? Well, he built the ark and he got on it when it was time. Right? He trusted. Well, what did he do? He just trusted God for the rest of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where this boat's going to end. I just know if I'm on it like God wants me, it'll be okay. Can I tell you, I don't know how this life's going to end. I don't know how I'm going to go out. You don't know how you're going to go out of this life. Right? Some, people, some people go out in car wrecks and some people go out, uh, you know, just as, as gentle and softly as possible, right? There's a bumper sticker out there that said, I want to go, I want to die like my grandfather, right? I want to die, I, no, it said, I want to die in my sleep like my grandfather, not screaming like everybody else in the car. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sorry. We don't, you don't know. We don't know how we're going out. But here's what we do know. We know that where it ends, where it lands, is going to be just fine. It's going to be exactly where God said, exactly where God intended. I believe this. I believe this. God wanted it on the mountain of Ararat. And it landed exactly where he wanted it. Right. Absolutely. Jesus said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Jesus said, where I am, there you may be also. If you're in the ark this morning... If you're in the ark this morning, you're going to end up on the shore. 
No matter how you go out, no matter how you float around in the water of this life, no matter how long it goes through the storms or no matter how long that happens, listen, we, we are ending one of these days. We are going to put this life aside and we're going to end exactly where God wants us to end. Where does he want us to end? This is awesome. With him. Amen. With him. Yeah. He wanted us back. He wants us back. He, he, the desire of God is he, he just wants us to be with him. He wants us by Him. Right. How many of you ever watched your children leave the house and they go off to college and they do this? And sometimes I get it. There's, there's times when it's time. It's time. You know, they've got to grow up. But there's something in you that just will long for a day. You could just have them back. You just want them back. Right. God just wants us back with them. And we're going to get there soon if we're in the ark. Are you in the ark today? Are you in the ark? Right. We're living in the days of Noah. We're living in the days of Noah. How is your walk with God a testimony to the world around you? How are you preaching Christ in your life? By, what, by the way you've built your life. Oh, I've I, I got to stop because we're running out of time. But I could spend a whole other 20 minutes on this. Some people build a, watch, they build a life that looks like the world and it is not a testimony to the lost world. It looks like the boats that they're building. And other people, watch, they're building a life that is around the Word of God. Their family is around the Word of God. They're faithful to the Word of God. They're faithful to, the, to, to church. They're faithful to living a separated life. They're faithful to preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I'm telling you, they've got joy in their heart, and they've got Christ all over them. And what, what have they done? They have built a life. They've built a, a, a boat, a life that the world can look at and go, well, that's weird. But we say, well, you can have it too. Just, get, just follow God. You can have it too. Hey, how's your life preaching to the world? How's your life a testimony to your neighbors? Yeah, how's your life a testimony to those that you work with? Do they see a different boat floating around in the water than they got? Well, they don't have a boat, right? <laughs> they need to get. They need to get. They need to get on, right? Amen. Journey is the journey. The journey to Ararat. We're on a journey as well. We're living in a pretty wicked world, and listen, uh, you need to live. We need to live in the fear of God. We, we need to live following God. We need to live believing God. Right? And uh, the world needs to see it. Absolutely. And it, there's no greater time. I tell you. And we know what, what, how crazy everything is. But there has not a, been a time in the existence of our nation where it is more needed for believers, believers to live like Noah. Right? May God help us to do that. Father, thank you. Uh, for the word today, thank you for the, the reminder and the admonition. Lord, help us as we are on our journey, not necessarily to error at, but we're on our, our journey uh, to heaven. And Lord, help us that our life would, uh, would preach uh, coming judgment, that our life would uh, expose those around us of a life that they could have and that they could join if they would. The door is open. The invitation is always there. Would you help us to live that life? And Lord, that you would use us in a mighty way. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We will see you in a few minutes.